0: If you're planning to cut back on alcohol this dry January, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. Recess has meticulously crafted familiar favorites such as Lime Margarita and Grapefruit Paloma, allowing you to savor the flavors and experience of these cocktails without the alcohol content. Throughout January, my listeners can take advantage of a special offer and get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler Pack at TakeArecess.com minimalist. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash minimalist so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Have you heard of the line, there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothes? In a more straightforward manner, it means go outside. I love and agree with this notion as I try to get myself outside even when temperatures dip under freezing or quickly make me break a sweat due to the humidity, which I honestly prefer a lot less than the cold. Anyways, a couple of years ago, I stumbled upon the book, There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather, A Scandinavian Mom's Secrets for Raising Healthy, Resilient, and Confident Kids. I have to tell you, it changed my perspective when it came to getting my kids outside i felt so much freer and just more accepting of mud and dirt all of this to say it has been quite cold here in ohio and i've just been thinking about how important it is to still get our children outside even if it's just for 15 minutes here and there so i reached out to the author linda mcgurk to see if she would join me to share about how we can encourage our children outside every day the differences in american and scandinavian parenting and how to manage weather extremes and much more But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to encourage you to pre-order a copy of my upcoming book, Minimalist Moms, Living and Parenting with Simplicity. I have the book broken down into various categories of minimalism you can focus on in your daily life. Time, mindfulness, holidays, sentimental items, post-holiday decluttering, sustainability, pregnancy, and postpartum, intentional purchasing, and more. I've included a link in the show notes for you. Again, thank you so much to everyone who supports the Minimalist Moms podcast by listening, leaving rating and reviews, or just following along on social media. It truly means the world to me, and I look forward to seeing this community grow. And now for my conversation with Linda. Linda, thank you so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: I am very excited to talk to you because your book was one of my favorites. I think I've read it probably two years ago now, but it really did impact me and change the way that I parent in regards to weather. So I can't wait to get into our conversation. But before we do that, I'm just going to allow you to introduce yourself to listeners who may not be familiar with you.
1: Yes. My name is Linda McGurk and um, I'm originally from Sweden. I was born and raised here. And then I met my then, husband in Australia and moved over to uh, the US when I was in my 20s and spent better part of 15 years over there, partly in Montana, but the bulk of the time in, in Indiana, where I had my two daughters and where I also started my blog, Rain or Shine Mama, and uh, eventually ended up writing the book, There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather. Now I'm actually back in Sweden uh, since three years back and working on a new book. So that's the, that's the short, short version.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited that you have a new book coming out. I'm curious though, what was the initial prompting for you to write your book? There's no such thing as bad weather. What was spurring in you that you felt like I need to put this information out there?
1: So when I moved to the U.S., I realized that there were a lot of differences between the two uh, countries in terms of outdoor culture. Um, having grown up in Sweden, uh, being outside in nature was always part of, you know, part of my fabric, my cultural fabric. And um, I I saw a lot of that in Montana as well. But uh, when we moved to Indiana, I noticed it was very different. People like a lot of people hibernated in winter and people did not take their kids outside much. And when I had my two daughters, you know, it became even more obvious to me that we were from two worlds apart. When I took my girls out in, in the wintertime, people stopped and asked of me, you know, if I wanted a, a ride and they took pity on me. They thought I didn't have a car. I was all alone in the playgrounds and um, I felt like I was very lonely in my parenting experience and I knew that there was a story there somewhere that I could share and so that's kind of where the idea for a book was born. And then it took a few years before I actually got there. I started out with a blog at first because mm-hmm. I thought that was a good good way to, to reach out to people with uh, tips and inspiration because I realized that a lot of this just had to do with not knowing, you know, how to dress kids for inclement weather and Even, you know, I even had a lot of moms tell me they thought it was dangerous to take their babies outside when there were like freezing temperatures. Mm -hmm. And To me, that was shocking because in Sweden, we let babies nap outside even Mm -hmm. in the winter time. So that was like part of my, that's what all my friends were doing with their babies back home. And there I was in the U.S. and people thought I was, you know... Pretty weird for for letting my baby sleep outside and and so forth. So I thought, you know, I it'd be neat to to kind of share some of the things that I knew from just growing up in, in Scandinavia. So that's that's where it started. Yeah,
0: I. I'm not going to lie, when I go to the park with my cousin in the winter, I'm in Ohio. So when we go to the park in the winter and no one's there, I'm kind of excited about it because (laughs) it's kind of nice to have the park to yourself. That said, if I didn't have my cousin with me, it would be a lonely parenting experience. So I can definitely Mm -hmm. see why that would prompt you to, to write this and just to encourage people that it is safe to be outside as long as you're dressed appropriately too. like, that's a huge part of this. We're not going to go out in the winter and leave out there without being bundled. And maybe that's not for everyone. But the Mm -hmm. idea of getting outside, we are so insulated now in our homes much more than people have been Mm -hmm. throughout human history. So I think that we can handle a lot more
1: than we absolutely. And as I got, you know, I I, and I talked to a lot of older Americans too who remember the time when it was considered normal and expected for kids to play outside, and I think a lot of that has just been lost along the way with, you know, the rise of electronic media and so forth.
0: One of the things that has been really helpful to me as a minimalist is setting a budget. Alongside of choosing not to impulsively spend, a budget also guides me in the areas that I've already intentionally set. It's a new year and a lot of people are looking to rein in the spending and stick to a budget and that's why I've been recommending Cube Money. People come to Cube Money to solve problems such as not successfully sticking to a budget over a long period of time, not saving enough money to reach goals, unplanned spending and purchases, or problems with relationships when it comes to money. Cube Money is an app that works like the envelope system. Have you ever wished you could practice the cash envelope system, but without having to carry around cash or just fear that you may lose it? Well, this is the perfect app for you. It brings that philosophy into the 21st century with a designated Visa debit card that spins and debits from whatever category you assign. Cube Money helps people stick to a budget, save more money, spend with purpose and intention, and strengthen relationships around money. If this sounds like a system that would work for you, visit cubemoney.com minimalist. Visit cubemoney with a Q and create an account for free today. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. looks that you can grab too. So right now my listeners can give armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash minimalist. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalist to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. You were talking about how you will sometimes go for a walk in the woods when your kids might just stay more around your house. And I love that you have woods so accessible Mm -hmm. to you, but I'm thinking about people that maybe do live in a more urban setting. And I guess, what would your encouragement be for them? Because obviously that's a slight barrier. So how would you address barriers in environment and location?
1: Yeah, this is a huge issue. Obviously, we want all kids to have equal access to nature, but that's not the reality today. So I think as a parent, uh, you got to try and do the best you can, given where you live. So yeah, you may not have pristine wilderness right around the corner but even if you live in the city try and utilize the the sort of nearby nature areas that you do have parks or you know in the city they the green areas tend to be more you know man-made but there are still trees and uh, even try and think of small parcels of woods where in more developed areas too so so I think using what we have is important because that's what we can get to on an everyday basis. And then maybe on the weekends, you can try to get out a little further if possible and, and maybe trying to get to like a, a county park or a state park if possible. There are a lot of little things that communities can do to improve access, If but they, it's, it's going to be more of a community effort. So you have to sort of network with others and sort of get others on board. You take it to the next level. I know where I lived in, in rural Indiana, there was a need for um, a playground. There were several of us community members who banded together and and started to raise money and got it together, and there are a lot of examples of communities where just doing little things like uh, maybe getting a new walking trail and and so Mm -hmm. forth. You just got to know what you want and sort of work for it. And I think it's possible to make those changes, to make the the community more outdoor friendly and more to give kids more access and, and better, better spaces to play outside. And then the third level, and that might be the hardest, hardest one to influence, but but also try to influence the the places where, where kids spend a lot of time, which is not always at home, but preschools and babysitters and uh, the schools. I fought battles with my kids' schools for years to try and get them to allow more recess outside in the winter and so forth. It's not always easy, but I think the more parents who become aware of the advantages with, you know, outdoor play, the stronger we become as a force and the more, uh, motivated schools might be as well to make some some changes in that regard and let kids be outside more. And so I think we got to address that on several levels. It's not, it's not easy, but we got to try and do what we can there.
0: Absolutely. And as you're saying this, I'm just thinking for myself, usually when you're noticing a concern or a need, you're not the only one that notices it. And so to feel the encouragement or just the ability to be the first voice to stand. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. yeah, that is the hardest step, but I've just noticed in previous examples in my own life, just I wasn't the, I may have gone first, but I wasn't the only one. And that will kind of be the snowball effect that you might need to push. Well, one of my last questions that I think is really important before we wrap things up is let's talk about extremes. What
1: are some of your
0: best tips. We'll talk about cold weather first. Do you have tips that we can implement when it's really cold outside?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, using your judgment is always key when it comes to extreme weather. Obviously, you know, the saying there's no such thing as bad weather, you got to take it with a pinch of salt. I've never experienced it being too cold, even several years ago when we had the polar vortex in the Midwest Mm -hmm. and the weatherman said that basically you're going to die if if you open the door. Like I was outside and played with my kids. We didn't stay out super long, but we were out for a good half hour. We were very bundled up and had minimal skin exposed. Like basically all you could see was their eyes. So good gear is really crucial um, if you're going to be out in really cold weather and especially with little kids who can't communicate real well, you got to be really vigilant about, you know, looking for signs of uh, frostbite Mm -hmm. or that their hands are not too cold and so forth. So just layering lots of, you know, wool closest to your body and layer even like socks and gloves and make sure to have minimal skin exposed, like I said. And also staying closer to home when it's cold like that. You want to be able to get inside quickly in case somebody does get cold and also to stay out of the wind because that can make a big difference. And then as far as hot weather goes, and I know the humidity can be really oppressive. And what I always try to do then is, you know, you want to keep water close and try to avoid the hottest hours of the day and try to go outside early in the morning and later at night, maybe even sleep outside at night. You turn that into a little thing. Mm-hmm,
0: absolutely. I um it's funny, I'm I'm definitely the oddball here it, within my friend group because I would much prefer to go out in the winter and and colder <laughs> months than I would in the summer months. I don't know. I think yeah. I'm a redhead so I burn very easily in the sun. So it was just something that I always tried to avoid. <laughs> but I agree with you. I think that my biggest problem right now is my fifteen month old. He doesn't like to wear gloves. He just rips those bad boys off. And Mm. if I put socks on his hands, he takes them off. So I want to take my older two outside, but I'm like, oh, Benjamin, we have to worry about you. So (laughs) it is a tricky thing to navigate. I know that this isn't always as easy as we may make it sound, but yeah, I definitely think those are some good tips. My last question, I didn't prompt you for this, but I'm wondering what you want readers to take away after reading your book.
1: I think the most important idea that I'm trying to get across with my book is that nature is really an essential part of childhood and that it's something that we, you know, it's a gift that we can give our children and and it's, it's a gift that can reap benefits, you know, their entire lives to form that connection with nature, like at a a really early age. I think that's priceless. If, If there's just one thing that they take away from the book, I think that that will be it.
0: No, that's great advice. I definitely agree. Well, where can listeners find a copy of your book or connect with you online?
1: My book can be uh, purchased, I think, in most uh, booksellers, uh, Amazon, of course, and uh, listeners can connect with me through my blog, rainorshinemama.com, and that's mama with two Ms, and my Instagram and Facebook, the same uh, handles, RainershineMama.
0: Perfect. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every guest. And the first one is what is something that you're simplifying right now, a.k.a. what is your minimalist moment of the week?
1: So I think uh, the pandemic has kind of forced us to all of us to live a little simpler and um you know my kids have never had a ton of activities and I've always been pretty protective of their free time but I think now we even live like simpler lives than normal mm-hmm. so uh, to me, it's just uh, enjoying nature, and you know, nature is still open and available. At least it is here in Sweden. So we we don't go very far right now. We stay pretty close to home, but it's uh, it's it's nice. We make little, we have picnics, you know, nearby the house on the weekends and and so forth. And another thing that I did to simplify uh, more intentionally is that I uh, have a New Year's Eve resolution this year that I'm not buying any new clothes in 2021.
0: Oh. So
1: yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. And it felt like such a big relief. Once I made the decision, it was like, okay, great. That's one less thing that I have to worry about or think even like think about this year. If I really need something, I'll buy it used, but I, I really don't think, I, I don't think it's going to be a problem. So yeah, I'm no, excited I, about
0: that. I love that challenge. I can, have somewhat gotten away with that in past years since I've become a minimalist, but I feel like I cheat because I'll put things on my birthday wish list for my mother-in-law <laughs> or my mom to give me. So I'm like, uh, I don't know. I guess it still counts. But well, my very last question for you, and then I'll let you go, is what is something that you can't stop talking about?
1: Right now, I've been really excited about um, outdoor cooking. It's uh, something that I've been dabbling with for. The past few years, and I feel like I'm ready to sort of kick it up a notch. I've been trying starting to try some new recipes and also trying a lot of vegan cooking. My boyfriend is a vegan and so I kind of fell into that as well and become really excited about this whole veganism thing. So trying a lot of new recipes and being pretty excited about that.
0: Yeah, I feel like if someone were to prepare vegan meals for me, I could always live that way. But I'm not the best cook. So whenever I cook <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I can't quite <laughs> get there. So I'm glad <laughs> you're trying and it's I guess it's probably trial and error, to be honest. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's a matter of habit too. I've been a vegetarian for over thirty years. So for me the step is not that far. So mm-hmm. No, that makes sense.
0: Well, Linda, I'm so excited for listeners to hear this one. And hopefully that if they haven't read your book yet, that they will honestly run out and get it. Like I said, it's been really transforming into just what my comfort level is with being outside. So I, I'm mm-hmm. glad you felt that stirring years ago when you first started your blog to write this. Cause I think it's a really important book. Thank you,
1: Diane. Thank
0: you. What did you think of the interview? Remember that you don't have to spend hours outside every day. Start small and just be intentional about getting outside. And as I said in the podcast, if you haven't read Linda's book, I highly recommend it. And if you have read it, I'd love to know your thoughts. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. And lastly, don't forget to pre-order your copy of Minimalist Moms releasing on March 16th. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.